Good to have you back. The Bill Michael Show. We continue on. Coming up bottom of the hour, uh, Wayne Larrabee, the voice of the Green Bay Packers, is going to be joining us and hanging out with us. We'll get his uh, take on where this team is at right now, which I, I think it's a fair look. And, you know, it's interesting because we had said that at the beginning of the season, how long would it take before you make a realization as to how good or how bad or what have you when it comes to the the offense? I don't think we've made any – we haven't pointed out anything that isn't – that isn't. Might be the best way to put it, right? We haven't put out anything that, you know – I mean, when you just look at the overall offense, okay, let's just look at the overall running of the offense – for everybody that's been under center this season, for everybody that's been under center, the best quarterback, okay, I think this is relatively easy, it, right now is rated via pro football focus as Jared Goff. And look at where they're at. Look at where the Lions are at and the execution of the offense. Lamar Jackson, surprisingly there. Josh Allen. Josh Allen's has his ups and downs, but still overall completion percentage of 71.7%. Thrown for 15, almost 1,600 yards. He's had his issues with the touchdowns versus interceptions. 13 uh, touchdowns, but six picks on the season already. Tua's having a hell of a year. Patrick Mahomes is having a hell of a year. Hell, very quietly, Matthew Stafford has put together a decent season to a certain extent. And you start to look and you say, okay, so where is Jordan Love in all of this? In all, you know, Joe Burrow is not having a good year, and he's ranked as 24th in the National Football League. Now, granted, there's some other guys in there that really don't belong. You look at a guy like, say, Andy Dalton's only played, you know, uh, what, uh, 59 or 64, thrown 64 passes so far this season. Uh, you look at a guy like, say, Brian Hoyer. He's in that mix. Sam Darnold's in that mix. He's, they've only played in a game at, at some point. Jordan Love rated as the 26th quarterback in the National Football League. If you take away all the one-outs, okay, 26 is where he would be right now. Eight touchdowns, six picks. Completion percentage of 55.6. If you go by completion percentage, completion percentage, and you take out all the one-offs, okay, all the one-offs, which would be, uh, there's three that would be then, ahead, four that would be ahead of him, which would put him at 42nd in the National Football League. For people that have played one game, that's it. Everybody else has played at least two or three games. Now there's a guy like, say, Mike White. You could remove him and maybe move Jordan Love up a spot. Um, there's a couple other, you know. But if you look at it, it's like 42nd. If you really want to get crazy and say, okay, of the 32 starting quarterbacks that have been inconsistently in the National Football League, he would be ranked at, you would look at it and you would say, he would be number 32. 32. Well, I take that back. He would be 31 because Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett would be right there. Um, but anyway, going back to my point, when you start to look at this, then you look at just strictly as a passing quarterback, the rankings as a passing quarterback, not running, just passing quarterback in the operation of the overall offense. Tua, Jared Goff, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Matthew Stafford, top five. Kirk Cousins, Dalton, uh, take Dalton out of the mix. He's only been in one game. Patrick Mahomes, be number seven. Trevor Lawrence for Jacksonville, be number eight. Geno Smith would be number nine. Jalen Hurts would be number ten. It's a pretty, pretty good group, right? 
Then you go down and down and down and down and down and down. And you look, and Jordan Love would be sitting right there at number 24. If you get rid of the one-offs, he'd be at number 24. Even taking out of even taking out Jameis Winston, who's played a couple of games, he'd be number 24. Still not great. Still not great. Then managing the run offense. It's not even the run offense is not even anything that's even comparable. It's it's bad. I mean, even Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow's down there too. Their offensive line's not good. Their run game is not good. But when you talk about the need for the passing game to be good, the numbers just simply aren't there. Now when you take into adjusted throws, drops, drop percentage, and you take all that into, in, into consideration, okay, take all that into consideration, you look at where he's at, and uh, let's see here. Let me, let me grab his numbers here real quick because I, I, I want to make sure I get all this out there for the overall operation of the offense. Uh, come on. Where'd he go? There it is, Jordan Love. Okay. Um, Jordan Love and the overall operation of the offense. I'm sorry I'm doing this on the air, but I, I wanna, I'm trying to, trying to get my point out. When you look at drops, so far uh, he's got um, eight drops. Okay, you look at some people. You look at a guy like, say, Kirk Cousins, 17 drop passes this season. Jared Goff, 12 drop passes. Lamar Jackson, 10 drop passes. Five of those came in one game. Patrick Mahomes, 10 drop passes this season. Trevor Lawrence, 11 drop passes this season. Jalen Hurts, 10 drops this season. C.J. Stroud, 12 drops this season. So then you get, and you look at where, okay, that is putting the ball in a position in which your receiver can actually catch the pass. And then you look at where the completion percentage is, and you say, okay, those drops were not quarterback fault. They're taken into consideration now. Right, so then you add, let's say all of those balls are caught. You add it into their completion percentage. Jordan loves eight drop passes, and that's not great. Don't get me wrong, but even that wouldn't put you over fifty-eight percent completion. So even if the balls that were on the money that got dropped, that were in the in the the receiver's realm of possibility of a catch, got caught, it would still be below. 50, almost 58%. That's still not good. That's still not good. Uh, then you can get dropbacks under pressure and sacks and such and who's been sacked the most and all that kind of stuff. And even then, you say, well, the offensive line stinks and it, it, it's not great. Well, he's still 23rd. He's only been sacked 10 times. He's only been sacked 10 times with drop drop back pressure sack capability. And even still, he's 27th in the league. The person that's been that, that's been under the most pressure has been Justin Fields, followed by Sam Howell, Daniel Jones, Zach Wilson, Jalen Hurts, and Matthew Stafford, and even Russell Wilson. So when you look at the amount of pressure that he's dealing with, because you want to say, well, the offensive line sucks, but he's 27th in the league of pressure with 54 dropbacks of pressure. So even then, it's not like they're, it, it's a damn burst. For as bad as we think it is. So I guess what I'm trying to say is, look, the pressure is there, but it's not overwhelming. The drops are there, but they're not overwhelming. The completion percentage is low. Anything from 17 yards downfield has been less than 38%. That's just, again, that's not great. 
So you can talk about receivers running the same route and being bunched formation and all that kind of stuff, and you take into account throwaways and all that. But the reality of the numbers are the reality of the numbers. You can't change that. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Uh, let's do this. Let's go to Mark listening to us in Janesville. Mark, how you doing today, man? What's going on? Hey, good. Bill, you know, I kind of agree with you on uh, Jordan Love. In that last game against the Raiders, that last interception he threw uh, intended for Watson, he was real late on that pass, if you watch that, and he underthrew it. Mm-hmm. That could have won the game. We could have won that game, okay, even with that. The other, the other thing I want to look at is um, Aaron Jones. If we would have had Aaron Jones, and I know, you know, if we could have done this, that, whatever, but if we had him in, that injury to him is hurts us big time, I think, because it just puts a, a total different perspective. You know, the team is so much better with him. He's fast. He can he can catch the ball in the backfield. I think that would have helped Jordan Love um, tremendously if we would have had him. If he wasn't injured, he was yeah. great in the Chicago game. Not didn't use him in the Lion game, and he's been injured ever since. I I kind of agree with you, uh, Bill, with what you're saying, but I want to see the team. You know, him with uh, Aaron Jones again. And, uh, you know, I think we'd, we'd be a better team if, you know, with him in there. I don't know what you're thinking. No, I completely agree with you, 100%. Thanks for the phone call. I Look, I, I am not putting all this on Jordan Love. I'm just giving people facts who want to argue the fact that Jordan Love, you got to give him time, you got to give him time, you got to give him time. And I, I'll say, okay, how much time? And then how much of an excuse are you going to make that is or isn't embedded in reality? I mean, there are these people that are delusional that feel like, oh, no, he's a great quarterback. You just got to put better people in this and that. And I agree with that. I agree. Not that he's great, but I agree with you got to put better people around him or people that get the system in 100%. 100%. He has, he has taken over a team that is completely in flux, and I understand that. But there is a reason they did not give him a long-term extension. It It – it screams loudly, and nobody wants to talk about it. I'm not a hater. I don't hate Jordan Love. He's a very likable guy. I like his story. His story's an incredible overcoming story. But I, I've never agreed with the pick. I never agreed for trading up to get him from day one. It set a lot of bad wheels in motion. And if you want to make all the excuses in the world, that's fine. But what are you going to do at the end of the season? Are you going to come back on this program? Are you going to come back to the live stream? Are you going to eat your words? Or are you going to make excuses? Well, they were the number two injury team. They're not. There's a lot of teams out there that are more banged up than they are, but than, than others are. And when you talk about is, is Brock Purdy a bum after yesterday? No, that's a, that's a dumb, dramatic statement. I could say more, but I'm not going to. You're over the top. You're not based in reality. And don't expect something of, of me more than what you're going to give me. I'm giving you a lot of facts, and I'm just simply saying I – I don't think it's there, but I'm, I'm going to say over the next few weeks, we're going to find out. Coming out of the bye week, you better be a hell of a lot better than what we've seen. I'm talking overall offense from coach all the way down to players, and the execution's got to be a hell of a lot better. But what I've seen is a lot of work and a lot of effort 
went into game one. A lot of focus went into game one, and it was there. And, oh, by the way, I gave him a ton of credit for that. And I gave him a ton of credit for the moxie win over the New Orleans Saints. Since then, it's been ugly, bad football. And if you think anything different, you don't know football, and you just ought to go off and maybe watch cricket or something. It's been bad football. There's been a couple of quarters of, of hurry-up offense. We don't have to think about it. Come back. Let's kind of you know play, play playground offense. And it's worked. They've had some success. But I watch other teams throughout the National Football League and other quarterbacks in the National Football League, and this is not it. This is not on that same level. And they, where they're at right now, ranked at 28th in the league, that's where they deserve to be. They're not that good. So quit blowing smoke up your own ass. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Hit us up. Want to hear from you. Don't forget, coming up bottom of the hour, uh, Wayne Larry is going to be joining us. We'll talk with him about this team and about where he thinks they're at. And, uh, you know, we'll get his thoughts on going into Denver and what the bye week means to this team because, obviously, there's a lot of guys, hopefully, that are able to come back and be healthy. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Steady. Second and end. They were running, uh, running shuttles again yesterday. It's good to get them back running shuttles down to the Fiserv Forum, and the Bucks were back in action as such as well. So good to have uh, Steny's back and forth uh, to the Fiserv, back and forth to UW Panther Arena is coming up next weekend. You've got, uh, I think, next weekend or this week, I think it's this weekend, as a matter of fact. You've got uh, the uh, the Admirals are back on uh, home ice as well. You've got a lot of good stuff going on there. And, and then, obviously, you've got uh, you know, Brewers games, Badgers games, Bucks games, all the concerts and such downtown. A lot of good stuff going on at Stenny. Second to National, Walker's Point, and a week from Saturday, don't forget, a week from Saturday, the 28th, we're going to be down there judging the Halloween costume contest. Myself, Grant Bills, and others, we're all going to be on hand, hanging out, having fun, eating wings, Bill Michaels garlic cheese bread, and uh, judging the costume. So come on out in your best garb and uh, enter the contest. We will see you down there. On Saturday night, the 28th, for the Stenny's Halloween, the annual Halloween costume contest. More of the Bill Michael Show. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. All right, Team Pella, listen up. Thanks, John Kuhn. Customers love our products with limited lifetime warranties. Check out these big plays. Incredible innovations like blinds and shades between the glass. No interference on that play, coach. And stylish windows with hidden screens that make game days a breeze. Can it get any better? It can. With monthly payments as low as $19 per window, $75 per patio door, and a free quote at PellaWI.com. Let's go. Whether you're looking to replace older damaged windows and doors or just wanting to revamp the look of your home, Pella offers a wide range of styles and materials to match your home's unique design. Hurry, take advantage of monthly payments as low as $19 per window and $75 per patio door at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Get your free quote today at PellaWI.com. 6.99 APR for 120 months. Certain restrictions supply. See showroom for details. Offers at 1031-2023. Welcome back. Billy man, come on. Six o'clock news says somebody been shot. Bill Michael show on this Monday edition. Packers back in the practice field today. 
And uh, this was one of the questions that was posed to me during the break. So if you want to see more out of Jordan Love, what would it be? Um, specifics? Uh, a couple of different things. One, I want to see the accuracy go up. That That's a must, okay? Um, I want to see more unannounced throws. And by that, I mean you're not looking a guy in the eye as he's getting open, waiting for him to get open to throw the football. I'm talking about a play that is designed where the route runner hits a certain zone or a certain area, and the ball is already in flight by the time he turns around. I want to see some more of that. I want to go back to seeing what I saw at the beginning of the season where some of the passes that he threw were put in position where only his guys could get it. We haven't seen that on, cons- on the consistent lately. Uh, I want to see – put it this way. If it's – I hate to use Brock Purdy as the example, but if I, if if you can open up the offense for Brock Purdy, you can open up the offense for a guy that's been studying it for three years under Jordan Love. It seems like the play calling is conservative to, to like, put training wheels on him. And maybe you're doing that because of the youth around him. I don't know. I don't know. But people that have been in the business a lot smarter than I am said that the play calling for this offense is, you know, out of date uh, to where it's handcuffed Jordan Love. And maybe that's the case. But my question is why? Why is there a need to handcuff Jordan Love? At first it was like split the field. Put him on the move, maybe an RPO or a rollout or something where it's just half the field. That's all you have to focus on. Get into a rhythm, get into a confidence level, get going. And they did that. They did that really well early on this season. And even a little bit to a certain extent in Atlanta. You know, the first game against Chicago I thought was a really, really positive, a really big positive. Then Atlanta was kind of like, eh, you know, they didn't play really well for a half a football, and then after that, they didn't play well for three quarters against the Saints, and then after that, they got their ass kicked in four full quarters for the most part by Detroit, and then they go out to Las Vegas, and they look bad again. For It's like, at what point do we – you can only blame coaching so much, Right? I mean, at some point, you got to execute. We're talking about missed blocks here. We're talking about, you know, obviously injuries, Aaron Jones not being on the field. So, okay, so what do I want to see? I want to see when Aaron Jones is on the field how this offense goes. Is Aaron Jones getting the utilization of checkdowns out of the backfield? Is he picking up blitzes, giving Jordan Love more time? I just went through the numbers. It's not like Jordan Love's under under siege. As a matter of fact, he's one of the least pressured quarterbacks in the National Football League. He's in the bottom half. I shouldn't say one of the least, but if if you break it into thirds, he's he's two-thirds of the way down the list as far as total pressures go. So what do you what else would you want to see? I want to see accuracy. I mean, what you're being paid to do in the National Football League as the quarterback is to deliver the football in the right place at the right time. Period. And if it if the play breaks down, you got to be able to figure it out with your guy as to where he needs to be at the right place and throw to the open spot and let him go and get it. You can't just look for guys sitting in a wide-open zone because those wide-open zone windows close incredibly fast in the National Football League. It's not like college. And usually that's what sets apart a collegiate quarterback versus a pro quarterback. 
is the ability to read and react and get that synapse between your brain and your arm to go that much quicker. That's what sets you apart. 877-867-1670-877-867-1670. Um, this is from uh, Jackie. Jackie says, uh, how much tutoring did Aaron Rodgers actually give him? Was he like Brett Favre saying, I'm not going to teach this guy just to take my job? Jackie, no. Aaron Rodgers talked about how much love he had for Jordan Love and how much he cared for him. And no, I can't imagine that he was not uh, helping him along the way. He's texted him. He's reached out to him. You know, all of that kind of stuff. By the way, uh, the whole Aaron Rodgers thing yesterday, showing up. Um, look, kudos to Rodgers for being there, working with Zach Wilson. Apparently, that's what I was saying a little while ago, is that he's in the building now, uh, working with Zach Wilson on film study and such and game plans and such, maybe turning it into quarterback 101. I'm sure that he gave some of that knowledge to, uh, you know, Jordan Love as well. But, uh, again, you go to the four-letter network, and, and God, Mike Greenberg, is is there anything else in this world other than, than Aaron Rodgers and Dak Prescott that he can talk about? I don't think so anymore. Uh, but this is him just crazy stupid. Crazy stupid. Take a listen. I'm aiming this directly at all of the people who have been mocking me, making fun of me, laughing at me. I'm talking to you, my buddy, Don LaGreca, and everybody else telling me out of my mind. Aaron Rodgers is coming back. He's coming back. There's no doubt about it. Why is he standing out there without crutches yesterday, moving around reasonably well, throwing football, standing on the sideline throughout that game? He is around this team, not as a coach. He is around this team because he absolutely is a part of it, and he's coming back to play. This season has months left in it. The NFL season has never been as long as it is right now. If there's only one good thing, any one good thing that happened about his injury, it happened right at the beginning. It gave him as much time as is reasonably possible to come back and play. So could I see him playing in sometime in December? If the Jets are playing well enough, if the Jets have enough wins, if they have made the games meaningful, the answer is yes. And you can keep making fun of me, and you can keep saying I'm out of my mind. You say whatever you want. We'll have this conversation when he is starting sometime in December. There you go. Um, I don't make fun of Mike Greenberg because of whether or not Aaron Rodgers will or will not come back and play. I, I think um, Aaron Rodgers' playability is going to depend on a couple of things. One, obviously, the health. Uh, whether or not he's capable of defending himself and getting out of the way and being able to move around and such. Okay. Secondly, to the viability of the season. If they don't have a legitimate shot at the postseason or going deep into the postseason, if they're not peaking at the right time, you don't bring him back. And if he does get hurt, then what? How much will that set him back from next season as well? That's the other question you have to ask. So I don't know. I, I doubt it. I, if, if I had to be a betting man, I'd say 80% of me says Aaron Rodgers will not be back this season because of the injury. But you know what? He's way ahead of schedule. For people that have had this injury, he's way ahead of schedule. He's about a month uh, further ahead than a lot of people that have had this. I saw that uh, Damian Woody uh, was saying that he would he was still in a boot and on crutches at this point in time after his surgery for the same thing. So I don't know what kind of miraculous inventions have come about or different procedures have come about in the repairing of the Achilles 
in surgery wise, but okay. I, I don't put it past him. What I think is ridiculous and what I make fun of Mike Greenberg is, is that he has lost every freaking bit of journalistic credibility along the way because of this obsession with Aaron Rodgers and blowing out all reality to man crush all over Rodgers and the Jets. To me, that's what I make fun of him for. I don't make fun of him for the other stuff for Rodgers coming back. He may he very well may. Every time you every time you doubt Aaron Rodgers, he kind of proves you're wrong. And I said that at the beginning of the season. I thought he'd have a good season if he remained healthy. Well he didn't remain healthy. But the rest of it is, you know, it is what it is. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. It does like it, it's and I, I I do flip through. I will I'll, I'll admit my my time of this percentage wise. I watch every morning. I get up and I flip on like Sports Center or uh, some of the other networks. I just want to see the highlights. Like yesterday and this morning, I watched a lot of the Good Morning NFL. Watched a lot of the highlights from yesterday. A lot of the things maybe that I missed. I wanted to see if I missed anything. Anything with my notes this morning. That's what I wanted to go over. Very rarely do I go to ESPN anymore because it's a joke. It's all Dak all the time and all Aaron Rodgers all the time, and it's those two guys in New York, and that's it. And then, oh, by the way, they'll throw this in, this in, this in, and maybe a little World Series, a lot of the WNBA because they have the contract with them, and then it's back to Dak Prescott and Aaron Rodgers. So I don't get much out of it. So that's the reason I watch other networks. So if I had to say my percentages, probably 70% of the time I'm watching something else, 25 30% of the time I'm flipping over there. So, But that's the he's part of the reason – between him and him and Kimberly Martin, I can't stand to watch ESPN get up anymore. It's just it's become a joke, much like a lot of the pregame shows. It used to be where you'd get a lot out of it and you'd, you know, like even Jake Laser. Does Jake Laser even have a contact anymore to anybody? Jake Laser reports what Ian Rappaport reports. I don't know if anybody's noticed that, but Jay's got a few guys that he texts with, but beyond that, he's become he doesn't break any news. He's not on Twitter or, or anything like that, breaking any news anymore. It's Ian Rappaport and Adam Schefter. Those are the two guys, for the most part. For the most part. Coming up after the bottom of the hour, Wayne Larry is going to join us. Stay tuned. We got to the voice of the Green Bay Packers next to the Bill Michael Show. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The all-new Potawatomi Casino Hotel has something you gotta see. Play more slots and games, and you could say, show me the money, to reveal up to 10 grand each Thursday. 800,000 in prizes is up for grabs. 40 winners each week. This October and November at Potawatomi, Milwaukee, when you're ready to win, just say, show me the money. More info at PaysBig.com. Must be 21 years old and a club member to play. Good to have you back. Bill Michaels show. We continue on as the uh, Packers get back on the practice field, getting ready for uh, the game in Denver coming up on Sunday, the afternoon game. Joining us now, giving us kind of a bi-week check-in, the voice of the Green Bay Packers, Wayne Larrabee, is here with us. Wayne, how you doing? Good, Bill. How are you? Uh, I'm doing well. Now, did you? I saw your picture. Did you ski or did you uh, just go and enjoy the beauty? Oh, no, there was uh, no skiing yet, but um, the snow is tipping the peaks, touching the peaks, and that's about what it was last week in Park City. But uh, nice. it's coming. 
Yeah, uh, unfortunately. Because <laughs> I, I know you're a skier, man. Me, I'm all about sitting at the tiki bar and sitting outside watching stuff. But So like, g- give, me your, give me your synopsis of where this team is right now. Well, you know, it's it's interesting. I, I don't think anything has been drastically surprising. Uh, you hope you wish the record was reversed at three and two. You'd feel really good about that. Um, but by the same token, I think we've seen some good things in this team. We've seen Jordan Love get off to a good start. Uh, obviously, the last few weeks have not been great. Um, they played without their major playmaker for all but one game, and that's uh, Aaron Jones defensively bill they've taken a lot of criticism but when you look at them defensively they've actually held the packers in games in three of the five weeks they've really done a pretty good job in that regard and and uh, so you know I, I think there's some some hope for the future there's no doubt in my mind about that but by the same token the growing pains on offense are, are really a big factor yeah, the the overall defense, I think they're 14th right now in the National Football League. It's not like it's horrific. And actually, in a lot of different cases, much as the last game against Vegas, they were put in a bad position after that pick, and they held them to a field goal considering that's kind of a win for the defense. So overall, it hasn't it hasn't been too bad. The run defense is at, at sitting at 18th overall. They're not bad in the trenches. But uh, would you just say it's been a combination of stuff? I mean, you can almost throw a dart at a dartboard and pick a reason as to why things have not been perfect. Yeah, you know, it's typical. And when, with football, I mean, we all want it to be one thing because with one thing, maybe we could focus on it and correct it, but it's football, so it's never one thing. I will say this about the defense, Bill. And one thing, my one impression in the first five weeks of the season is that um, the offense needs to possess the football more. Um, you know, they've had 56 drives, 21 three and outs. That's 37.5% of the time they're going three and out. Um, they've scored a 19 of the 56 offensive possessions. That's 34%. Um, but the defense, 55 drives, allowing 11 touchdowns, 20% touchdowns, allowing scoring of 43.6% of the drives. They forced 14 three and outs. That's 25%. Um, the key is here, long drives. Um, the Packers offense has only had seven drives this year of 10-plus plays. The defense has given up 11 drives of 10-plus uh, plays. So that's 20% of the time. The, the problem they're having is that when the defense is, is on the field for an extended period of time and they finally get off the field, the offense, unfortunately, some of those three and outs I talked about a second ago, uh, are coming after that. And that's where you get worn down defensively. I, I think that's a big part of it. Complimentary football, as Matt LaFleur has said on numerous occasions this season, Sometimes it's not there, and when it isn't, boy, it's really difficult. I, that one of the points that I made, because I started to look at the time of possession overall, this this yeah. defense has played almost a half more. Uh, they're 25-50 more on the field than the offense has been. That's a lot of football to play for a defense. An average of 5 minutes, 58 seconds more of time per game, and 11.4 more offensive snaps with the defense on the field, 11.4 opponent offensive snaps per game than the Packers offense gets. Um, that's a lot, uh, Bill. That's, you know, hey, that's a third of a quarter per game or more. Um, and it's, a you know, 11 plays, that's a full drive. That, that's a long right. drive more. So I, I think what we have to see here is can the offense possess the football and how are they going to do that? Well, everyone says we'll run the football. And, well, they haven't been real successful doing that and I don't think it's just the running back I 
You know, I've gone back and looked. I'm not sure A.J. Dillon's leaving a lot on the field, okay? Um, and by the way, he's not a lead back. He's an excellent complementary back. They haven't had Aaron Jones. Um, but, but think about where they are, okay, in terms of personnel, all right? Um, they've got a right tackle. And m- good running teams have what we call road graders at right tackle. Big guys who just plow people, okay? The Packers' right tackle is a very talented offensive lineman who worked his way into the lineup because he's good, uh, because he has great feet. But he was projected at draft day. I mean, Brian Gutekun said, well, we think he can be a real good guard, and we think center is his best position. You've got him out at right tackle because mm-hmm. he's one of your five best. You don't have David Bakhtiari at left tackle. He's your best pass protector. Uh, Elton Jenkins at left guard is now your, your Pro Bowl stud. Um, you know, Josh Myers at center, and then John Runyon at right guard. Um, you don't have Mercedes Lewis in line blocking tight end, one of the best of all time. You don't have a veteran receiver who is an outstanding blocker on the perimeter in Alan Lazard. So, they're, you know, we're all saying, well, run the football. Yeah, but, um, you know, how effective have they been running the football? 3.5 yards a carry, 81.6 yards per game. So I do think they have to run the football more. So does Matt LaFleur. I think they can run it better than they've run it. But to think that this is a dominant running team, like, for example, the Philadelphia Eagles, who, by the way, threw the ball 40-some times yesterday against mm-hmm. the Jets. And, but, but to be that kind of team, I don't know if the makeup is quite here yet for that. And, and that's something that I'm sure they'll be looking at down the road. Moving forward, I like this game coming out. You're hoping that you got Aaron Jones fully healthy and back. Your line is starting to feel a little bit better. Maybe there's some continuity there. I mean, all of that starts to play into this. I just, when it comes to Jordan Love, I mean, I have said all along, the one thing that I'm going to be looking at is completion percentage, drops, and accuracy. And that's the big thing that I see is that when they need a big play to get on third down to move the sticks, they haven't been able to continuously come up with that play. And that's one of the things that's killed a lot of these drives. So I'm looking first and foremost for accuracy and completion percentage. And then after that, for the, for the kind of the continuity with the receivers, whether it's the receivers or the tight ends, because I think there's some talent there, start to become more kind of in sync. Is that the best way to put it, Wayne? Yeah, and they've struggled with the deep passing game to get it in sync, but they have not been shy about going downfield. I mean, if you look at Jordan Love, um, passing yards in the air, number of air yards, the ball travels to a receiver. Uh, the Packers among the leaders in that regard, which means they're pushing the ball downfield. Now, that comes into the, now what comes into play? Well, drops, accuracy of the quarterback, um, you know, and, and whether these guys are on the same page. And it's still, like I said, a work in progress because this is such a young receiving core, Bill. So um, I, I think this, I, I think what you'll see, is kind of what we started to see recently in that early on, at least in games, Matt LaFleur will try to get Jordan Love some quick, easy completions, move the ball, get the offense into a rhythm. Um, They'll also probably try to run the ball a little bit more on early downs than they have in the first weeks of the season. And the other thing I think you might see, and this is just me speculating, but, you know, I think Jordan Love right now might actually be a little better out on the perimeter um, rolling one way or the other, even if it's just a, a half roll, uh, that kind of limits the amount he has to read downfield. He's reading one side of the field. He's making a quicker decision if the receiver's not open. And that's been a problem, by the way, for the Packers this year, the receiver's getting open. Um, but also, it gives him an opportunity to say, okay, well, they're in man. They've got their back to me. 
they're covering my receivers, I'll just take off and run it. And I think you may see a little bit more of that as we go forward. Um, defensively speaking, I mean, I know they've got some injuries and the secondary got a little bit thin, uh, and you're hoping to get Devondre Campbell back in company. I kind of look at some of the run stopping capability that they didn't have in this last game without Devondre Campbell. And they actually did a pretty good job. So if there's some things to latch on to defensively is Devonte Wyatt is holding his own. Quay Walker's looking a little bit better that when you get Devondre Campbell back, you should get even better, uh, run stopping capability. Rashawn Gary, once he comes off the, the total pitch count, I mean, he's looked like a real beast. I mean, I mean, there's there's some things positivity wise that you can look to defensively and go okay maybe they can put all this thing thing together. You know the Packers defense bill has held three of their five opponents at twenty points or less, and you know you should be winning those games. Yep. You're in the NFL today, absolutely. They've held uh, two of their last three opponents under three hundred yards of offense. Um, the Raiders got two seventy nine the other night on sixty four plays. That's a four point four yard average per play. That's winning defense right there. Now, you know, you'd like to see a few more takeaways. They have five. You'd like to see them force more fumbles. They have one fumble uh, recovery and one forced fumble, which I thought was amazing when I started looking at the numbers. Wow, they played five games. They forced one fumble. Now, fortunately, they recovered it. But nonetheless, you know, that's going to change and perhaps happen. Uh, That's going to become a better thing. They're actually not bad in the red zone. 50% TDs these days. That's not bad. And 18 possessions. The opponents have scored nine touchdowns against the Packers' defense. For as much as they're on the field, and part of it is their fault, I mean, part of defense is getting off the field, right? Retiring somebody on third down, uh, you know, maybe taking the ball away. But by the same token, um, for having played as much as they have, their numbers aren't as bad as you might expect. The rushing is getting better as we've gone along. Um, give me a real quick, uh, the injuries I know coming back this week, we're going to ha- kind of have to wait and see, but, uh, you know, I said Devondre Campbell and, and obviously, you know, Aaron Jones, those are two keys to me to getting this thing up and moving. What else offensively speaking, do they need to get healthy? Well, you know, you mentioned the offensive line, uh, being healthy. That will certainly help if they can get everybody back for another week. And, and I think they will. Um, you know, when I look at injuries, Quay Walker is uh, a concern because he went out with a knee injury. Um, Darnell Savage went down with a, uh, uh, I want to say it was a uh, calf injury in that ball game in Las Vegas. Those two guys, I think, you know, you need your full complement defensively. And, and I, because I still think they're getting better as this season's going along. I know they're taking a lot of heat, but they're actually getting better defensively. And I think that's going to be a big part of it going into this game against uh, uh, Denver, a team that has its flaws, but a team that also has some capability on the perimeter of their offense. Uh, real quick, inside the division, has Detroit answered all the questions that we may have had coming into the season? Because I think we a lot of us kept waiting for Detroit to go back to being Detroit, and they haven't. And uh, to me, they've answered a lot of the questions. Yeah, no. Uh, and I, I think you and I had this discussion this summer. Detroit is the odds-on favor to win the division. And you know what, Bill? I think they're a little better than I thought they'd be. Um, they're playing on such an edge with such a um, confidence. And, and, you know, they are who they are. They, they built this thing from the two lines up, the offense and defensive line. That's how they built this team. And that's, that's a great foundation. And then they've added Jared Goff. And they've got a brilliant uh, offensive coordinator in Ben Johnson. And he and Goff are on the same page. Their receivers are good. Uh, there's no one blowing me away, but boy, they make plays and they've got the best rookie tight end by far in the league in Laporta out of Iowa. You know, I mean, they're a juggernaut right now. And you know what, Bill, here's the thing that people don't want to admit. 
they can play with San Francisco and Philadelphia. And, and if you're thinking they can't, well, they went into Kansas City on opening night, and the Chiefs are raising a Super Bowl banner, and they beat them. So, and, and by the end of that ball game, they were whipping them at the offensive and defensive lines. So, you know, yeah, Detroit is really good. I think they're one of the top three teams in the NFC, at least in top five in the league. Always good to talk to you, Wayne. Look forward to the call coming up on Sunday, and then we'll talk again real soon, okay? You got it, pal. Take care. Appreciate it, bud. Talk to you soon. There you go. Wayne Larrabee, the voice of the Green Bay Packers, joining us for a couple of minutes and uh, kind of, you know, sharing some of his thoughts on this. And he's he's right. Look, look, you, we talked about it. You're, there's some issues with – there's some issues with the injuries. There's some issues with the young guys. There's some issues with the defense. But, you know, like he broke it down. He's like, look, the sustained drives offensively just aren't there. They're keeping the defense on the field far too long. I went over the numbers for you last week. I almost had nauseum. I looked at those numbers, and I said, this defense is not getting any help. It goes back to the old term of complimentary football on, be- on behalf of uh, Matt LaFleur, who talks about that all the time. So there's there's a lot there that needs to be kind of de- deciphered and broken down. But that being said, um, the the off, the bottom line is the offense has got to get better, and it's not right now. And whether that you want to call play calling, or whether you want to look at the young players, or whether you want to talk about Jordan Love or the injuries to the offensive line, it's a combination of all. I don't put it past anything. It all has to come together, and that's why I'm looking for so much more coming out against Denver and moving forward. After getting the, basically one game in 20-something days, this team hopefully comes out a lot more healthy and then gets on some type of a path. But I'm telling you, by mid-November, we'll know what's happening. We'll know. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show. Come Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. All right, Team Pella, listen up. Thanks, John Kuhn. Customers love our products with limited lifetime warranties. Check out these big plays. Incredible innovations like blinds and shades between the glass. No interference on that play, coach. And stylish windows with hidden screens that make game days a breeze. Can it get any better? It can. With monthly payments as low as $19 per window, $75 per patio door, and a free quote at PellaWI.com. Let's go. Whether you're looking to replace older damaged windows and doors or just wanting to revamp the look of your home, Pella offers a wide range of styles and materials to match your home's unique design. Hurry, take advantage of monthly payments as low as $19 per window and $75 per patio door at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Get your free quote today at PellaWI.com. 6.99 APR for 120 months. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details. Offers at 1031 Good to have you back. Bill Michaels Show. We continue on. They've got specials tonight over at the Social House, H-A-U-S. Monday Night Football on the big screen. West Lisbon Road, Menominee Falls. And I always, every time I go there, I get the Tiger Burger now. It's one of the new additions to the menu, and I think it's fantastic. Their meatball sub is extremely good as well. But uh, check out the Social House, H-A-U-S, on West Lisbon Road in Menominee Falls. West Lisbon Road. Menominee Falls. Uh, got an email here, and this one's from Rich. Rich says, uh, I'm a new listener, love the show, been listening for almost two years now. 
Uh, I'm from the Detroit area and have been a Packers fan for a long time. I would watch the Lions just to see how they could lose another game in Lions fashion. So I've seen many quarterbacks come and go. When they signed Stafford, I was skeptical. After a couple of years, I knew he wasn't really going to be the one, and they gave him an extension. Things got worse. Right now, I'm thinking the same thing for Jordan Love. I'm not feeling it or seeing it. I'm thinking he will not be the one. See how he finishes this year, I guess. And I don't count fake fourth-quarter comebacks, by the way. Uh, Stafford was famous for that and got the Lions nothing. Keep up the great work. That's Rich in Sterling Heights, Michigan. Rich, appreciate the email. And that's the thing about, you know, people bring up, well, look what he did at Philadelphia last year. Okay. I agree. You take the good with the bad. Well, it, well if you're going to do that, then look at the bad for the first three quarters against New Orleans, the bad for the first three quarters against Detroit, the bad for three quarters, almost four quarters fully against the Las Vegas Raiders. Then if you want to go back and you want to say, okay, take the bad against Kansas City, throw that into the mix. Okay. Um, now, there's been a lot said about all this stuff, and you can pinpoint and make excuses for things, but the results are the results. You can't change it. So anyway, it, it's just like, look, from here on out, you look at things in a different light. And, you know, we talked about this earlier this season when the schedule came out and we got into the discussion. You got the Packers taking on Denver this coming week, and then the Packers are at home against the Vikings. That's a noon kickoff, Lambeau Field. The following week uh, on the 29th, the night after the Thanksgiving party. And then you've got another one at home against the Rams right after that. And then the Green Bay Packers go on the road against the three and two Steelers. You know, they'll be different by then. But then you got that. By about that time, that's week 10. Week 11, they get the Chargers back at home, you know, right before Thanksgiving. And then they've got the Lions on Thanksgiving. If you don't know what you've got by then, you may never know. By then, we're going to know. The narrative might be dramatically different. It may be like the light the light switch was flipped and, and Jordan Love gets it and we're off and running. Or it could be like this is an absolute train wreck. And what are they going to start doing looking forward to next year to try to get out of this and pull out of the tailspin? We'll see. Stay tuned. we got another hour yet to go. Good stuff today. A lot of people chiming in. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this.